was saying that it has been a, a, a while, you know. I enjoy these like talks and the way we record these and yeah. put them out there for, for people to whoever is listening. <laughs> uh, with the move to Europe, you know, it's been a hectic uh, three weeks right now. And now I'm settled in, so I'll be, I'll be like more available to release these kinds of talks for whoever is watching and I am pretty sure that you missed it you missed it too <laughs> um, you know uh, we're gonna do our best to be more available and to yeah. release this podcast there's shit shit tons to talk about like things happened lately so many good news and bad news yeah you know so what's your take on that how was how was, how was the last two months um you know, it's I have mixed feelings because there when we um I think the 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 worst of it ended when with our second loss or the the second matchup of Barcelona the loss at Barcelona I think that was kind of like the turning point in terms of like the team it seemed like I don't want to say we're like a whole new team after that but that we looked a lot more lively on the attack and we looked. I don't know. We just looked better and we looked more like connected to our game after that. I think the uh that was kind of a wake up call for us. Jaden Sancho was just phenomenal. Like and I I want to say there was like a stretch of 6 or 7 games in a row where in all competitions where he scored a goal. I know it was at least 5 and that set that was his career high and then he scored in a game following that and it, he might have gotten the streak up to 7, but like I don't know. Like uh I think Favre, after Favre didn't start him against Barcelona, he was kind of like, what the hell? And he just, he kind of went and showed Favre that if he's not going to start Sancho, he's making a huge mistake. And I think we'd all agree that starting Scholes or Hakimi in Sancho's position and then bringing Sancho off the bench is not the ideal move. I think uh, we saw pretty quickly that Sancho is much better at playing his position than Scholes. And Hakimi has a lot of pace that he brings, and he's shown he can score goals as well. But I still think Sancho's skill on the ball and his ability to create opportunities for his teammates is just a little bit better in the final third. I think um, I think Scholes is a fantastic left back and Hakimi a great right back. Hakimi even plays well in the midfield, but I don't think either of them should be playing over Sancho at Sancho's position. You know, I wouldn't start Sancho over Hummels at Hummels' position because it, it just wouldn't work. And for this, I mean, in a similar line of thought, I would not start uh, Hakimi or Scholes over Sancho. But um, after that, you know, the, the last, I want to say it was our last two matches in the Bundesliga, I was a little disappointed. I think we drew with Leipzig, and after watching how we drew, I was much less happy with it because I had missed the match, and I had just seen that we drew, as I told you at the end, and I was okay with the draw at first, but when I saw that Leipzig just scored really garbage goals, like like Berkey, he just straight up passed it to them. Like He came out to clear it with a header, and like... You know, normally he does fine in those situations. He's normally a pretty aggressive keeper and is is really comfortable leaving the box to make a play. But I don't know if he just hasn't tried a header in a while or what. But when he headed it straight sideways and it was picked up by Leipzig, I was just like, I don't know. That was so reflective of the mistakes Dortmund make, I feel like, because it's one of those mistakes where it's like, 
you you want to be mad but you just don't know what to be mad about because there's so much like it was just so bad on so many levels there's not really one thing you can pick and say okay we can't do that anymore like i want berkey to continue to be aggressive as a keeper i just don't want him to head the ball sideways when he's trying to clear it and then at the same time the the goal we gave up following that was just like a collapse in back i don't know it was it was really frustrating to watch us blow that two goal lead in like several seconds and then, of course, we took the lead back, and we looked like we were going to finish the match with a win, and Leipzig had no problem answering. So it was, I don't know, like, you, you never want to say it's bad to settle for a draw with a team that's ahead of you in the standings, but that was a game where we really should have walked away with three points, and the fact that we didn't was frustrating. And then, not only did we not finish with three points after that game, we also failed to beat Hoffenheim we were up one nothing at the half and we blew that lead and lost two to one to close the first half of the season that was really frustrating for me I thought there like there's no reason we should be doing anything other than winning against Hoffenheim like Hoffenheim they're a quality team but they're also a team that we should beat you know every time we play them and if we're not going to get three points against the teams that are like that should be giving us three points I, I I don't know how we'd want to go about winning the Bundesliga because then we're going to have to like it's going to come down to whether or not we can get three points against Bayern whether or not we can get three points against you know the best teams in the league like Leipzig and we have to be able to get three points at some point and I don't know we're gonna we're gonna make it really difficult for ourselves if we don't get three points in games like Hoffenheim yeah exactly but yeah you know you you it's pretty obvious to me that you really missed these conversations because you dropped so much information. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you're like, for, for the viewers who didn't watch Borussia Dortmund for the last five weeks, you got them like pretty updated on everything that happened. And yeah. For, for people who are listening to us, if you don't know who Ryan is, Ryan is one of, is, is a hardcore Borussia Dortmund fan who lives in Michigan. And he... <laughs> yeah. Like, He's like one of, he's like one of, he's like for, for ultimate Borussia, he can be like the chief analytical officer, like CAO, <laughs> yeah. you know, CAO, and CAO, and everything you read on the blog, everything that has any analytics in it, it's him. Everything that has emotions where, where, you know, you see angry comments are players, it's me. So these are the two different people there. But for, for, for what you said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to start from the start. And for, for Jaden Sancho, the fact that Lucien Favre like, made him work his way back to the squad, that was a smart move. It was risky because he's a, you know, he's a 19 years old who's wanted by several Euro- giant Euro- European teams. To do that, it's a bit risky uh, to like make the player, you know. Yeah, because he could just walk. He could walk away entirely if he really wanted to, and that would be like the worst case scenario for everyone. Because I think if Jaden Sancho had walked away because Lucy and he didn't like what Favre was doing, he doesn't like he loses appeal to other clubs because they they want to see a player who's willing to work. And if like this, if other clubs think that this kid's just like pissed off at his manager. Like, they're not going to like that. They don't want a kid who's going to be a problem for the manager, especially if he's yeah. only 19 years old. Like, if you're a problem at 19 years old, you're not going to be any less of a problem at 29 years old if you're still, if you're, especially if you're, like, a really good talent. Like, like you got to be willing to put the work in from the start. And I think Sancho responded 
the proper way, he responded and came back and put yeah. in the work. And I think Favre accepted his message pretty quickly and said, okay, you put in the work, you're back in the lineup. And I'm glad you're back in the lineup because now Sancho's scoring again. So like, because Favre, he's kind of been under fire a little bit too. So he's got to be he's got to be equally as careful about the moves he's making. And you know, if a risk like that with Sancho doesn't pay off, I, I you have to wonder like, how safe is Favre at Borussia Dortmund, or is he is his time limited? I personally am not am not on the fire Favre train yet. I I think I'd like to see how the season plays out. Um, I, I know it's pretty easy to look at it and say, we're not winning games. We should be, we should be winning. We need to fire him. But I just, I don't know. I'm always reluctant to just fire someone in the middle of a season because I think it kind of, it kind of sells out on the season. You're kind of saying, all right, we're shutting up shop this year and we're going to wait and try again next year. And I think if you're going to wait till next year to try again anyway, and you've still statistically got a very decent chance this year then like you might as well at least let him finish the year. So if he can prove that there's a reason to keep him, keep him. If you fire him in the middle of the year, you should be at the bottom of the table with no chance of first place. And that's not Dortmund right now. So I say let him finish the year unless you have a the perfect replacement already lined up. Like I guess if we've got a replacement lined up, which would surprise me, then we wouldn't have to wait till the end of the year. But I don't I don't know who would replace Favre and I don't know who exactly is in the market to replace him right now since most of the best managers are still employed at their other clubs anyway. So I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like, that would be a fucking bold, bold move from uh, everyone at Dortmund. And I don't think they should uh, fire him, as you said, in the middle of the season. Might as well let him continue. You never know, you know. We are yeah. still... We are still in the competition. Uh, what do we see here? We are like, okay, uh, we are uh, seven points away from Leipzig, uh, which is uh, seven points. A bit difficult given Leipzig's form. I always say that if there is a team that's going to Detroit, that's going to, to, to beat Bayern to the title, it should be us. If it should be another team, like might as well Bayern. I would love to see Bayern win this. This, yeah, not Leipzig. Come on, if what Leipzig are like yeah. a team that's like what's the history of Leipzig? They were like uh, it's a team that was like you know founded like ten years ago or something. I think so. Why yeah, they're pretty young. They're pretty young. It's, it's gonna be a shame, you know, for us to <laughs> yeah to give away. This season, with with Bayern's you know weak season, second week consecutive season, so if we're gonna if if, if somebody's gonna get the fucking title, it should be us. Yeah, let's if... hope, let's cross fingers, but let's go back to Jadon Sancho because you know people don't know that he started 15 games in the Bundesliga this season. He scored nine goals and he's in he provided nine assists, which is still like a big. Record. Yeah, he is on pace, I believe, to 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 assist more goals than he did last year. And last year, he had more yeah. assists than anyone else in the Bundesliga. He finished with fourteen, mm-hmm. and he's already got yep. nine. And we're only halfway through the season, so like, I mean, at this pace, he is he's looking like he'll finish with eighteen, which would be, I think, last year eighteen would have been good enough for best in all of Europe. I 
I want to say he was close to the best in all of Europe last year. I don't know if he was quite the highest. I do know that he was a little bummed because FIFA gave him a really low passing rating in uh, their new in FIFA 20, and he he didn't like that because as the leading assister in the Bundesliga, how why is he only a 77 in passing? You know he should be he felt he should be a little higher rated, and I think so far this year he's put out some good reasons to believe that with you know with nine assists through what you said I think it was 14 14 starts you said 15 15 games 15, 15 games, games yes. yeah yep nine assists through 15 games with nine goals is pretty good it's strange because it's strange because at the Bundesliga website they say it's nine assists but at the transfer market website it's 10 assists I wonder so if that like, counts um the Champions League but he has more than no, one no, no. In the- no, no, no. For, for for the overall season, it's 12 goals and 13 assists because he has two goals yeah. in the Champions League and three assists. I don't know, but it's it's somewhere around that. It's still a, a, a very good record, even though he had like three off games during this season so far. But I, yeah. I think it's, it's a beautiful record. One other player you talked about, it's Ashraf Hakimi. You know that? You know that right now? Borussia Dortmund, like officials, are negotiating with Real Madrid for a permanent deal for Hakimi because it, it, the the loan deal is gonna end by by July, you know. So yeah, they are like they are like might as well try to get something out of it, and there are negotiations. And I guess because Real Madrid are are aiming to get Mbappe and other high figure players by the end of of the season, there's a chance that they're gonna sell us Hakimi. It's not gonna come cheap. It's gonna come for around fifty million or something, but I guess we—it's a good deal. What do yeah, you think? I think I think that'd be worth it for Hakimi. I think you know, I think we're a better team with Hakimi than without Hakimi. Um, yep. I know sometimes we like to play Pishek at the right back, and we play either Hakimi off the bench or we'll play him on the left back. It, it all kind of depends. He Pishek and Schulz kind of like rotate around in those back the wing backs, and then. Uh, he also like Hakimi kind of flexes between a midfielder role or a role in the midfield and a role more defensively, and I think that kind of like flexibility and versatility, and the fact that he's like not only able to create plays with his speed, but he can also score goals if he's given a good opportunity. You know, I think he's got a lot of. I think his ceiling is really high, and I think if we're only going to be paying, you know, ten million for him or fifteen million, I think. He he's pretty worth it. We we spent what 36 34 million on Hummels in the off season. More, more like more like I was meaning 50, not 15. Oh, 50. 50. Oh. Yep. 50 um, million, yeah. Well, you know, when because you said 15, I thought current. that was low. <laughs> I was like <laughs> no, 15 no, 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 no. is like a steal. Wow. No, 50? Okay. Yeah, 50. <laughs> I think he's still worth it to be honest. I mean, I he's think he's worth it. He's worth he's, it. He's I, a long-term player because he's young. He's very young. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you why. He, his, his current value in transfer market is 45 million euros. And he is 21 years old. He is a versatile player that we, we proved, like in Dortmund, that we can play him anywhere. He can score, he can defend. Um, not really defend, but he has pace, you know. And for this season, his stats are 26 games, Six goals and six assists, which is, come on, for a player of his stature, and he scored four, go- four goals in the Champions League, he saved our asses 
several times in the yeah. competition. He's very confident. He, he he doesn't get injured that much. He can play 90 minutes and still have like so much pace in him. He yeah. plays in, in the right, in the left, wherever you put him. He can play as a striker as well because he played as a striker in, in the youth ranks in uh, in uh, Real Madrid. Yeah. So for me, 45 million is still a good deal for a player of his stature. I think that we're going to get him by the end of the season. I'll be happy to see him here as a Moroccan as well because, you know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, even if it's like 60 billion, I will still put my money on that. Yeah, I think, and also too, I think his value is only going to go up. Like if we're, if, yep. if we don't buy him this year and we end up like somehow going back and trying to buy him again in the future, he's just going to be more expensive. And if we buy him this year, I think in three years, if we didn't, if, you know, if his contract expired or he wanted to go elsewhere, you know, we could sell him for far more than we're going to pay for him this year. And like building on kind of what you said, he, uh, he set the record for top speed reached in a Bundesliga match in all of Bundesliga history against Leipzig. He hit 36.2 kilometers per hour, which as an American, I had to, uh, look up how many miles per hour that was because that was I knew it was going to be pretty high, but I was still curious. And Americans decide to have everything, you know, in their unique kind of number system. So I looked that up, and that was still like twenty. I think it said twenty-two miles per hour or twenty-three miles per hour. Like that's like that's as fast as cars go through neighborhoods. Like that's crazy fast. And he reached that on his feet. That to me is insane. Like that's that's nuts. And like he and Scholes, I'm fairly certain combine. To, like they're the fastest if they're if he's at the right back and Schultz at the left or vice versa they combine to be the fastest wingbacks in all of Europe like there's no pair of wingbacks that can uh, that can have that top speed and like after I saw his top speed I started looking through like the rest of Dortmund's kind of pace and stuff Dortmund is insanely fast I did not like I knew we were fast but we are really fast and like I did not realize that before that was crazy to me like it looks fast on TV, but like I never knew like thirty six point two kilometers an hour. That's insane. That's just yeah. that's absurd. Do you do you know that he he is even faster than Aubameyang, which which is the fastest player in world football? Like thirty six point two kilometers, uh, twenty two point forty nine miles per hour. Yeah, so okay, it's crazy. The, the twenty one, the, the uh, a new best mark has been okay. The time. The 21-year-old clocked at top speed of 22.49 miles per hour in Dortmund's okay, making him the fastest player ever recorded in Germany's top flight since detailed data. Since detailed data began in 2011-2012. So he's the fastest player ever in the Bundesliga and can be one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the world. And... More faster than Aubameyang. Who can yeah. believe that? Who is even faster than Ocean Ocean Bolt? You know. Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> Aubameyang. Like when I think of like top speed, like Aubameyang was playing for Dortmund right when I got introduced to football and I started cheering for Dortmund. And like his top speed was insane to me. Like I remember watching him and just being like, like these other guys, why are they even trying to catch him? Like they're never gonna catch him. He's just like people. He would be behind people. And then he would be, like, if he was trying to sprint away on a fast break, defenders would turn around to sprint 
to keep up with him before he got to them. Like, it was crazy. People would be turning around just so that he w- they wouldn't get passed by him, and he'd still blow yeah. by- right by them. His top speed was absurd. And Hakimi beat that top speed. That, to me, is insane. I think Yeah. I ended up looking enough. it up. His, like, Hakimi's top speed tied, like, the fastest top speed in, like, European football history or something. Or it tied, like... I was researching like the fastest players in uh in like Europe right now. I think the only one who was either as fast or faster than Hakimi was Gareth Bale. And it was like he Gareth oh, Bale was shit. like 36 point <laughs> Yeah, he was like 36 point <clears throat> 36.4 kilometers an hour and Hakimi's like 36.2. Like Haki- the Hakimi can keep up with Gareth Bale. That's like put Hakimi, Ooh. Gareth Bale, Usain Bolt and Obama Yang on a 100 meter sprint. I want to see that race. And he is also physically strong. He's a strong player. He's he's well built. And oh yeah. And overall, in the fifteen games that he played this season so far, he had five hundred and sixty-three sprints, which is the equivalent of twenty-seven point five sprints per game, which is insane. That's ridiculous. Best, yeah, the second top sprint sprinter this this year is a player called. Uh, Jean-Paul Buitius uh, of Mines with five, five, uh, 5.04, which is like 60 times. There are like 60 sprints between them, you know. And to, to, to like run at top speed every game 37 times, that's like, that's like 37 times, that's like one sprint per, more than one sprint per minute. Yeah. Like that's, it's like, that's ridiculous. Uh, sorry, more than one sprint per, per three minutes. Yeah. More than one sprint, which a sprint is really like, you know, it's when the player like runs at his top speed, you know, that's what, Yeah, that, that takes a few seconds. Means. It takes time to do yeah, that. Man. He's just like, yeah. Hakimi is basically, basically what it sounds like he's doing is he's sprinting up the pitch on the attack and sprinting back on defense and then yeah. sprinting right back up on the attack. Like, if you think yeah. about like the three minutes between them type thing, that's kind of what that sounds like. You know, he's like sprinting up on the attack, trying to attack for three minutes, sprinting back. And it's just like to do that all match is insane. That's just insane. Like that's yep. that's that is like elite athleticism and endurance right there. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what else? What's the big news right now is that we got we got the one and the only Elling Haaland. I yes. don't know if I'm pronouncing this well. <laughs> we got him for for a 20 million deal plus some extras. It can go up to 50 million. Uh, he's like 19 years old, if I'm not mistaken. 19 yep. years old. One 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 ninety four which is which is a like two centimeters away from Dan Axel Zagadou. And he is a fucking, he is a beast. He plays, he played, okay. Okay, he played 14 games this season. Okay, l- let me hit you with these stats. Yeah. A 19 years old who chose us over Leipzig and Manchester United. I, I, I guess that Leipzig and Manchester United didn't want to meet the requirements that were set by RB uh, Salzburg, which was his previous team yeah Dortmund they're lazy like okay let's get him yeah we gave him Dortmund gave him like number 30 three zero and for this season for in the in the Austrian Bundesliga 
he played 14 games, 14, he scored 16 goals and provided 6 assists. And in all competitions for the Champions League as well, he scored two he played 22 games, he scored 28 goals and had 7 assists, which makes him, you know, which makes him like in Robert Lewandowski level. Yeah, that's that's uh, like am, next level. It's going to be insane. We have him locked till 2024. Oh my. And I can't wait to see him play, man. Yeah, I I'm curious to see um like what happens with Paco Alcacer, like how those two were interact. But I think, to be honest, I don't think this should take too much playing time away from Alcacer. I think that like, or if it does, like it's like, I think if anything, they're going to sub for each other. But I think like Alcacer is like, he's a good striker, but he's not like a physical striker. This kid is like Holland is by and large, like a very physical striker. Like you said, he's huge. He's very close to Dan Axel's Agadu's size. Like that's, like Alcacer is not small, but Alcacer is not big either. Like he's just he's average size. Like this dude is big. He's nineteen and he's fast. Like he he, I don't know. If I was a defender, he seems like the the type of thing to come out of nightmares. You know, like like he is a nightmare for defense. Yeah, I was watching some highlights. Is. He looks he he's got decent skill too. Like I don't know with his pace and his power. Like I just. It's a whole new level of attack to our game. Like he's, he is a like really. I think the the type of striker we needed because now like we have someone to cross to in the box. Essentially, now we don't just have to pray. We can actually cross the ball and know that yeah. we have a physical player in there who can win it. Like we don't have to rely yeah. on Mario Götze or like like when Marco Royce and Mario Götze <laughs> oh are scoring God. our headers. Like don't oh get me wrong, God. it's cool, but like. <laughs> How about just someone who can just body everybody up and just like, I don't know. It'll be nice to see someone go up for headers and I won't be worried about, are they going to get themselves injured doing this? Like, yeah, we're going to see, you know, we're going to see like, remember Lewandowski and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's era yeah. where we would cross balls. We have, we have goals from so many levels, from headers, from you know, aerial goals, yeah. uh, shots for outside the box. We're going to have this diversity that's going to come back. And I'm really excited. We g- we're going to keep it on the positive on this episode because everything is good. Yeah. Everything's going our way. You know, in the Bundesliga, we can get like second position. If we manage to go back and, and get the league, it's going to be difficult. But if we manage to do that, it's cool. We are through to the to the next round in the Champions League, which is good as well. Yeah, we're gonna play uh, Paris Saint Germain next. They are good, very good team. Uh, we have chances against them. We can beat them yeah. if we want. You know, if players are like set and win with Holland with us with Jaden Sancho, Marco Royce. You know, we, our defense is getting better and better. Uh, I I think that we have more chances to advance in the Champions League and to, you know, climb the ranking in the Bundesliga. Yeah. We still have, we still have like 17 games ahead of us. We're going to try to win each, each and every one of them. Yeah. But as you said, yeah, uh, Paco Alcacer, Haaland, you know, Goetze. I think Goetze is going to leave by now. I know, I, yeah. It makes me kind of sad because I, I love Goetze, but like... I like if he leaves, I won't be mad at him for leaving this time. Like he 
he's allowed to leave and he can he can go where he wants because like I, yeah. I love him, but he doesn't fit our... I, I just don't think he fits the, the current system well. Like, clearly, Lucien Favre doesn't see in him something that's, like... You, or you, Lucien Favre doesn't see a lot of, like, use from him, which is why we don't see him much. And it's nice, like, when he does come in, he gets a goal here and there. But, like, if we're not going to use him much, I think we can get decent money for him because I think he's still, like, a pretty good player and he can go... I think there's a lot of teams that could use a player like Goetze. So I, if we're not going to use him, I think we should be willing to like sell him somewhere so we can get money for him and use that to either invest in youth or like invest in a new position. Because like we have plenty of attackers now, especially with Holland coming on. I mean, Royce, Brandt, Hazard, Sancho, Alcacer, Holland. Um, who else? Like Hakimi is kind of an attacker even. Um Goero gets in there. Guts like like we're like we're running on like a list of players who all can score goals. You know, we should play the the the, the clip from This is the End. Did you watch This is the End? Yeah, yeah. The movie? Yeah. Yeah, the clip where the clip where uh, J, uh, James Franco he's like he's got a gill. <laughs> he's got a gill. He's got a gill. He's got a gill. He's got a gill. So we have we have some we have some good candidates for leaving. We have Mario Goodze, we have Brun Larsen as well. I forgot, like, dude. Yeah, we have Brun Larsen. Like I forgot, he's still on the on. reserves. Yeah, yeah, he should leave, man. Uh, what else? I think Dahoud as well. He's like Dahoud's interesting. He's fun to watch, and like he's a good little player. But like we just don't use him much. Like I don't know if we're like. Yeah. If we're gonna have these players who are like decent players and not use them, I think it's it's worth it to sell them and try and like either invest in a shit ton of youth that can yeah. be it for the future, or like try and find like a hidden gem. You know, like I don't know, it, yep. like like with Pulisic, he's often doing well at Chelsea now. Like I miss him, but like he's getting he's getting more playing time at Chelsea than I think he would at Dortmund, and he's finally had the, like he's finally scoring goals because they're finally playing him. Like at first they didn't play him at all, and then like there was like two or three games where he just blew up and had a boatload of goals. I think it was like three or four goals in two games, and now like since then he's like been getting more playing time and that kind of a thing. Like I think Goza could go somewhere and fit in really well to a different puzzle, but like he doesn't really fit our puzzle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that will be accurate, you know, I, I, I completely agree with you. And if we can sell, sell these players, get a few, you know, a few dozen million euros out of them, yeah. use them on other transfers or something. A de- another be- defender? I there's a lot of options we could go. Yeah, and, you know, for, defend- for defenders, I mean, we are, I, I think we are complete because... I, I'm happy to see that Leonardo Baledi had some playtime lately. Like he played like three games and he was good. Yeah, he was he, convincing. Yeah, we we are playing three at the back right now, which is Dan Axel Zagadou, Mats Hummels, and Akanji, who are decent defenders. Maybe Akanji a little bit off this season, but you know he can. We, they can cover for each other. But Leonardo Baledi, he's only 20 and he is developing. He is playing games. He's strong. He's he's tall. He has good game in his. Field. Yeah. I think we, defensively we are complete. There's nothing to say. We have young, young defend, young central defenders and young, uh, you know, uh, what, like left and right backs, full backs. Yeah, Hakimi. For the yeah, for the midfield we are preset. We have uh, Vitzel, we have Vigo, we have Delaney, 
We have Guerrero as well. Daoud, I don't know about him. For the attack, I mean, some attackers should leave for sure. Like, these players should go, man. He's gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. And what else? I think we have we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I think. I don't know. There's yeah. there's there's a lot to look forward to. There's I mean, like you said, seven points away from first place right now with how everyone else has looked and with how we've done this season. Tough to to really think that we will come back and win it but you know it's possible last year we had nine points between us and Bayern later in the year but we managed to lose it to Bayern so you know if if Bayern's not the team in first right now I I like to think that it's anyone's game and uh if 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 not Bayern hopefully us because if it's not Bayern and it's not us that's going to be really sad for me because like like we're the we're the team that should be winning it if it's not Bayern like Leipzig yeah like no disrespect to them they're a good club and everything but like when Bayern's not winning it should be Dortmund and when Dortmund's not winning it should be Bayern not Leipzig or Mönchengladbach certainly not Schalke but like I think are we tied with Schalke right now on the table actually they're close with us I don't think so. They are pretty, like, down there, you know. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, they're right behind us. Oh, my God. Same same amount of points. It's just goal difference. I didn't okay. So, yeah. Oh, we need to... Uh, that's... <laughs> we need to Holy get cow. together, bro. Yeah, the top Ooh. five teams are all third, within five, or within seven points. Bayern's three points ahead of us. Mönchengladbach, two ahead of them. And then Leipzig, two ahead of them. So, we got to get Schalke... We, get, we need to get some separation from Schalke. And we could focus on cutting yeah. down that Bayern deficit. And then, yeah, I don't know. I feel like well, if we focus on just being better than Bayern, everything else kind of will fall into place. But, like, because yeah. I, 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 I expect Bayern to have a really, really solid second half of the season. I think that first yep. half was slow, but I don't – like, last year, they weren't. I think they were in a similar position heading into the winter break. So, like, I don't, I don't want us to – I don't know. Keep your sights on Bayern, and if you do that, I feel like good things will happen because I think they're going to be a lot more consistent in the second half of the season than they were in the first, and I think they'll also be more consistent than Leipzig or Mönchengladbach. Yep. I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah, so we covered pretty much anything, everything, and if there is anything else, we're going we're gonna to record more episodes of this one. Absolutely. And yeah. So, thank you, Ryan, for being here for doing this and absolutely i'm happy to be here of course man and talk to you guys next time